Pulp MX Network production. This is the Rocky Mountain ATV MC Kiefer Tested Podcast. The podcast you come to for the straight insight on all things moto-centric. Hard parts, bikes, gear, suspension, motor mods, and more. It's Kiefer Tested. Here he is, Chris Kiefer. Hey, what's up? This is Chris Kiefer. And you are, of course, entered into the Rocky Mountain ATVMC.com Kiefer Tested Podcast presented by Fly Racing and, of course, Racetech. Rocky Mountain ATVMC.com is the trusted online source for parts, accessories, gear for dirt bikes, side-by-sides, ATVs, and street bikes. Low prices, unparalleled customer service, and free three-day shipping. It's so easy to see why Rocky Mountain ATVMC com is the trusted online source for all of us out there. Please go to Rocky Mountain and order something. It's Christmas time. Please get it through rmatvmc.com, and I'm sure you will be happy. I keep ordering tires from Rocky Mountain. I ordered some front number plates from Rocky Mountain, and I even ordered some socks. That's right. I wanted to try some different riding socks, so I ordered through Rocky Mountain. I don't always get free shit, guys. I'm not a big uh, big person about asking for shit. So sometimes, just sometimes, I do pay for my stuff. So for you haters out there, come on. I do buy shit. Trust me. I love dirt bikes. Fly Racing, flyracing.com. Thank you guys so much for sponsoring this podcast. They've been on board from the beginning. And no, this is no bullshit, guys. I love the gear. You know how big of a gear guy I am. And of course, fly racing is always near or at the top of my list for gear to wear. It is currently raining in the high desert right now. And I actually went out and prepped my sand tracks in my fly racing rain jacket. So, and I can sit here and tell you that that rain jacket works. I didn't get wet past the jacket. So it's nice. So go to flyracing.com. Go check out everything they have, gear, streetwear, rain jackets, BMX stuff, snow stuff, casual wear. Hey, you guys out there, you want to really hit a home run with your babes? Go order some flies, some flies, some fly women race gear, or go get them some casual wear if they don't ride dirt bikes. It's a good choice. Trust me, I did it for Heather. She loves it. Racetech, racetech.com. Go get your suspension revalved if you have a fresh bike and you don't like the stock valving. Or get it resprung. Or get some engine work done. Or if you have a vintage bike, they probably can do your suspension for you and have the parts for you. So head over there, racetech.com. We are currently doing a project with Racetech for lowering a KTM off-road bike for an old guy. Michael Allen's dad that is intimidated right he's been intimidated by going riding because he can't touch the ground. So we're going to do a real world test with Race Tech, of course, about how you can internally lower your shock and your fork and still get comfort. So look out for that at keyforinktesting.com, but thank you guys racetech.com Paul Thiet is a smart 
son of a bitch. I'm going to say it. He's a smart SOB. Trump, let me tell you. Every time I talk to that guy on the phone, he teaches me a thing or two. So anyway, support the advertisers that support this show. Thank you guys for joining me. And in January, we'll have a couple more new advertisers that we will talk about, but looking forward to talking about them and getting you on some discount codes to get some cheaper parts and accessories. So thank you guys. And speaking of real-world testing, this is what we do over here at Kiefer Inc. Testing. We may, we may not be the best at sound quality, but we're getting better. We may not be the longest podcast. Of course, that's Steve. I don't think I could talk for four hours unless it's about other things than dirt bikes because I could talk about other things besides dirt bikes for four hours. But this is a no-bullshit podcast. Straight up, honesty. I have nothing else to sell you guys but my integrity and my knowledge from years of riding dirt bikes. And let me tell you, I ride a lot because I'm feeling it today, man. I have, uh, I'm not riding today. But it is a joy not to swing a leg over a dirt bike. My ass is a little bit sore. I've been putting a lot of time on a certain product that you will be learning about here very soon. So, but this is what this podcast is all about. And this is all about the 2019 Suzuki RMZ 450 need-only build. If you guys headed over to keyforinktesting.com, the article is up over there right now. But we wanted to do a podcast for you guys that don't got a lot of time to read. Or maybe you're illiterate, or maybe you just want to do a podcast and an article, because that's what we do, right? We want to give you the most information for each thing out there. So I wanted to do a Suzuki build because, um, obviously, you guys know out there, it hasn't been getting the best reviews or the best results in shootouts. It got sixth place in my shootout. I think it got sixth place in every other shootout out there. And it sucks for me because I really want to see Suzuki succeed. The Suzuki brand, I think, has a stigma about it that is untrue, about being, not being reliable and certain things. Um, you don't see a lot of Suzukis out there, although I am starting to see more and more because they are selling these things for so damn cheap. I have seen 2018 RMZ 450s with my own eyes, people, so... Don't get all up in arms. Oh, six grand, Kiefer, there's no way. I have seen 2018s for $59.99. You can't find that anywhere, okay? You can't find that price on an 18 or a 19. There's no way. So I wanted to take this bike after the shootout, put parts on it that I think it needs. I'm not going to put a bunch of fluff on this thing, okay? This is not a fashion over function. I am sorry, Seven Deuce Deuce. I'm, my bike is not too lit. I'm not having gold chains, gold teeth. I'm not wrapping. I am all about function over fashion on this build. There will be no graphics on this build, guys. I am a non-graphic human being for this build. I have teamed up with my buddy, Joe Aloff. And let me give you some background on Joe. So Joe's a straight up shooter, man. Joe is no bullshit at times, and sometimes it's so shocking that for me to hear that it's like, wow, and he just straight up called me out. But I enjoy that. I like people that are honest, good or bad. I can respect that. Joe is that guy. He was a professional supercross motocross racer for many years. I'm sure you guys know him 
through the team Subway Honda days with Jason Thomas, Clark Styles. I feel like that was one of his better years. And he's a bulldog type of rider. There's not a lot of finesse with Joe, but he can test fairly well. He gives me honest opinions, and he can write fairly well. So I appreciate those aspects from Joe. So I asked him to help me with this build because obviously I'm busy and I need some help testing. So I assigned him this Suzuki, and we both agreed that we're only going to put shit on this bike that it needs. Um, if he wants to put um, some levers on, I don't need that. He doesn't need that. That's on him. I don't feel like that should warrant a test because there's nothing wrong with the levers that come on a Suzuki RMZ450. So anyway, this is just all about the Suzuki and how can we make it better to to actually, I, when I started this, I was like, man, I really wanted to see and compare it to the shootout winner, the YZ450F. And then I backtracked a little bit and thought about it, you know, go, I just want to make it better. And then I'll ride the other bikes and see how close it would be if this bike came this way, how close it would be um, in a result in a shootout. So that's how we decided to do this build. And this is just part one, okay? We're going to have a couple parts of this until I feel like, hey, I've spent enough money. I am not going to spend any more money because then you're just going to um, be, I guess, defeating the purpose of what this test is all about. So let's take, for example, you get a 2018 for 6G or even a 19 for a little bit more than that. You're still saving yourself damn near $4,000 because if you buy a brand new bike, 2019 450, you're going to spend ballpark figure $10,000. I know KTMs and Husqvarna's will be a little bit more. Maybe a WE will be a little bit more. But let's just take, for instance, we'll lowball it ten grand. okay? So we're working with $4,000, $5,000, okay? What can we do with that money to improve this overall feeling that we get, that we dislike about the Suzuki. So what do we dislike about this bike? Well, I can tell you Joe and I, Joe and I's feelings about this machine. When I ride it, it's just super vanilla engine feel. There's not a lot of excitement. There's not a lot of pulling power. There's not a lot of RPM response. I mean, it's good. It's fast, but it's just nothing that gets me like saying, oh man, I want to go ride this dirt bike because it's just super fun engine character that I love. That's not happening with the Suzuki. It can get the job done, but for me, I'm a faster, more aggressive type of guy, especially in Lomi Dirt. There's just not a lot there in the engine to satisfy me compared to the other bikes in the class. The Yamaha YZ450F, the KTM 450SXF, Husky FC450, and let's even call it the Honda, everything, all the bikes. They all have more excitement. I would say the closest feeling bottom-end delivery to the Suzuki would have to be the KX450 because it's smooth. It doesn't have a lot of excitement, but what the KX has over the Suzuki, it just has pulling power. It just churns. It's like a tractor, similar to the YZ. It just keeps pulling. The Suzuki doesn't do that. Very short, doesn't rev out. Um, like I said, not a lot of RPM response in the bottom to mid-range, so we wanted to improve that. What else did we want to improve? We wanted to improve suspension and ride attitude of the bike while riding. Kiefer, what's ride attitude? Ride attitude is the bike itself's balance while you're riding. For example, 
coming into a corner, letting off the throttle. I get some pitching on the 2019 RMZ 450. There's a lot of engine braking feeling on the Suzuki RMZ 450. This forces a lot of weight transfer to the front end ride attitude of the bike. I don't like this feeling. It leaves me with a wiggle coming in the corners and it doesn't let me set up for the corner um, with my technique. It doesn't let me set up the set up to the corner efficiently. I can do I can set up for my corner way more efficiently on other bikes in the class. Coming out of corner, under load, getting on the throttle. Again, not a lot of excitement, but once that weight is transferred and the throttle is down to 6 o'clock, a.k.a. wide open, all of that weight goes from the front to the back, and now the ride attitude of the bike is low in the rear. So I'm always fighting the balance and the ride attitude of this the suspension slash chassis. So we wanted to fix that. So that's something that was very important to me. And if there was one thing... Someone came up to me and said, hey, Kiefer, if you only could do one thing right now, what would it be? I would choose to work with the suspension first, okay? Because let's face it, not everyone can use 450 cc's of engine power, no matter how lethargic or vanilla it is. I can't ride the Suzuki to its potential. The reason why it needs more power is to kind of pop me out of corners and just get me more excited about riding this bike. Because let's face it, the perception of engine will make or break a result for a motorcycle in shootouts. Plain and simple. When I go testing with manufacturers, um, production testing, there's other people besides R&D guys that come out and ride the bike. And they're less skilled riders. They could be product planners from a manufacturer or whatever. And these guys... Um, look at engine character for excitement. If it doesn't grab them by the nuts, like, oh man, this thing's bitching when it comes out of the corner, they're not pumped on it. So it has to have some kind of RPM excitement to get someone pumped on riding this sucker. So, again, first things first, if I was going to do something, I would do suspension and then do something to the engine, plain and simple. Joe and I also... I wasn't on board with this, but Joe and I also screwed with the rider triangle. What is a rider triangle, Kiefer? The rider triangle is the bars to the seat to the foot pegs, three points of the bike, a.k.a. triangle, rider triangle. As you guys know, I have many podcasts on handlebar positioning, dimensions. There's articles on Kiefer testing about this. I get emails about handlebars you know, all the time, width, height length, rise, all of that. I know a lot about handlebars because I screw with that kind of shit a lot. I have a buddy named Greg. He helps me a lot with some mechanical stuff out in the shop. And when we put on a set of bars, he goes in the house because he can't stand it because I will screw with the bars, adjusting them for 10 minutes. So that's how anal I am about handlebars and width and height and all that. So what did we do? Part one, I'm going to rip off three things to you that we did and give you a bonus um, modification as well that wasn't in the article. So how do we fix this to get this sucker going? Okay, so Mitch Payton. I don't use, I'm completely transparent here. I don't use a lot of Pro Circuit stuff. It's sometimes difficult to get parts from Pro Circuit. It's a lot easier to get stuff 
from other manuf uh, other companies um, for bikes. That doesn't mean Pro Circuit stuff's bad. So I needed to use more Pro Circuit. I need to spread the love around, right? So we went to Mitch. Joe knows Mitch and Bones really well, so that kind of helped bridge the gap for me. I know them a little bit, but of course they don't know me by uh, a name. I can't just walk in and say, hey, what's up? Can I get some of this? So Joe kind of helped me there. So we went and got a T6 system for this bike. Now it's not a T6 Pro. A T6 Pro is AMA legal to, to pass sound. This isn't that muffler. This is just a T6 um, and it doesn't come with the insert inside. However, it does come with the whole muffler system itself. So what do we do? We slapped it on. We lost about 1.6 pounds. So that, that's a knee right there. We lost a little bit of weight and we're trying to get a little bit more RPM response bottom to mid-range delivery. We put it on, lost some weight. It, it goes on very nice. No problem with the, the quality of the Pro Circuit muffler. We went out and rode it against back-to-back -back with the stock muffler. Right away, we noticed a little bit more RPM response and mid-range RPM response, but we didn't notice a lot of, uh, I guess, pulling power out of the corner. I should say added from the stock one. So, of course, we went to a lean coupler, went back to the white coupler, which is the lean coupler, got a little bit more bottom end coming out, and that helped. Also, so we weren't satisfied with that. So what did we do? We had that insert there. And let me just explain something to you. I did a bunch of muffler testing with a gentleman named Rick Berry at Yamaha when I was at Yamaha for several years. And we did a lot of GYTR muffler testing. I don't know how much muffler testing I did in the day, but it was a lot. I would change 8 to 10 mufflers out a day, ride with them, um, dyno them, sound test them. I know a lot about power of muffler and I learned a lot from Rick at Yamaha. A lot of these new technology FI four strokes need back pressure. Back in the day, a lot of these mufflers were loud and they had big um, core openings, perf, what we call them. And the perf doesn't have a lot of back pressure when they're open like that. So you guys might see this insert as a, oh, it's a spark rester. I don't want that. I'm just riding moto. But what you can do is slip that insert in and that creates a little bit more back pressure which in turn gets you some more RPM response down low, some bottom end delivery, and possibly some mid-range RPM response. Very important, especially for the Suzuki RMZ450. So once we put that insert in, we went out and rode and noticed increased RPM bottom end response and mid-range RPM response and a little bit extra bottom end power delivery. Okay, so now I'm a little bit happier, right? Got a little bit of bottom end, got a little bit of mid-range. The muffler, the, the T6 Pro Circuit muffler didn't help or hurt top end or over rev. It, I was bummed out that it really didn't help it pull better on top. But once again, I'm not going to be uh, beggars can't be choosers. I'm just trying to improve what I feel this bike needs, which was mostly bottom and mid. So that did help a little bit. That cost of that muffler is a thousand bucks. It's $999. So there's a thousand dollars right there going up. If you're going to get a muffler, if you're going to get a titanium muffler, you're going to look about a grand. So no matter what you do, if you go with a stainless system, you can probably knock off a hundred to 200 bucks off of that price. Um, you're not going to lose as much weight. You'll probably lose maybe a pound. Um, so I'm just trying to 
lose weight on this fat girl that that is the RMZ 450 because she is somewhat of a big girl okay so for those of you guys that went hogging back in the day this is what the RMZ 450 is all about you're going hogging so you want to just trim her up a little bit get her on a diet you know talk to her nicely don't degrade her but just say hey sweetheart let me slide this on for you you're gonna be a little slimmer okay now you see where we're going with this see now we're having fun now we're getting a little bit after dark we're getting a little bit of product information. This is what we like here at Kiefer Testing. <laughs> so anyway, after we'd done that, we decided, okay, bones, yes, bones bacon, pro circuit. Yes, we know you retired, but Joe would love you to do the suspension and go testing with us. Thank God for Joe, because I'm sh pretty sure that bones wouldn't take time for me um, not that he doesn't like me, I just don't think he knows me enough, but Bones was nice enough to take some time off and help us get a better setting for this RMZ 450. So he went in and revalved the shock and um, the, the fork, resprung it for Joe's weight. Joe is 190, I am 168. Um, so we were trying to find a happy medium. I just said go ahead and valve it for Joe. If it was a little bit stiffer, that's fine. Joe is more of a rear end steering guy. I'm more up the front of the bike. So hopefully um, it worked out. So along with the suspension valving, Bones gave us a linkage. It's a one millimeter longer link. And uh, we installed that as well along with the revalve suspension. And also just FYI, Adrian at Ride Engineering has a one millimeter uh, longer link as well. So um, there are some companies that offer linkages. We just decided to use um, Bones Pro Circuit link because we were going with the Pro Circuit suspension. So once on the track, like I said, I really wanted a less pitching type of Suzuki. I didn't want the right attitude to be unbalanced, and I wanted to have a little bit more rear wheel traction coming out of corners and not squat so much. So once I rode it, I was a little bit skeptical. I'm, you know, as a test rider, you try to really clear your mind. But I was like, man, um, I honestly haven't had that much luck on pro circuit suspension. Not because it sucks. It's just because I haven't had enough time testing with bones back in the day. I just, uh, it was always tough to get a good setting for me. It was always too firm. Well, to my surprise, this stuff was probably the best pro circuit suspension that I have tried to date. It was... Uh, Quite shocking. So I rode it on a on a fairly rough day at Competitive Edge, and that kind of dirt is a sandy, loamier dirt, but also gets hard pack in the afternoon, square edgy. So the benefit to this suspension is it moves less. It's less active, but it also remains comfortable. Coming into corners, the fork does not dive as much, okay? But the comfort, the initial touch of slap downs, and when I'm hitting the face of a jump or I'm over jumping or even under jumping, the comfort of the fork is a lot better than the stock stuff. That's the first thing I noticed. Right when I got on the track, jumped something, wrap, landed, I'm like, whew, wow, the touch is a little bit firmer. And again, I've explained this before. Let's say you drop a rock six feet up, boom, that thud. And now drop the rock from two to three foot up. The thud is not as apparent if you were the rock, so to speak. That is what it's like when I ride with the fork. The harshness, the just the that thud, the the that hit 
is just a little less harsh to my hand. So I'm getting more comfort. I'm getting less dive. It gets firmer in the stroke to the mid to the end stroke. I do like that. So tra front end traction for me was increased and that wiggle that I get when I lit off of the throttle was less apparent. So the ride attitude of the bike was already improved within two laps. I can notice it right away. So going into a corner, mid corner, the bike, for some reason, I'm trying to pinpoint this still, it lays over nicer. Um, and what do, I, what do I mean by lay over nicer? I, I feel like I can lean the bike more with the throttle on sooner. The two things that I can attribute this to is a little bit more bottom end RPM response, right? And a little bit more connectivity to the rear wheel um, because the shock isn't squatting down so much, giving me a wallowy feel. That is when I really notice an improvement in the rear end of this bike. Coming out of a corner, rolling the throttle on, the rear end doesn't squat as much as the stock shock does, and I feel a little bit more connected coming out. And once I get out of the corner, I start hitting some of those square edgy bumps, those acceleration bumps. Again, a less harsher feeling than the stock shock. When I would come out of a corner with the stock shock, I would feel a little bit more of a harsh feel, and then I would start getting a side-to-side -side movement. And not a lot, maybe a foot or so, not a lot of full swap, but I noticed that the rear wheel would skip a little bit and go side to side. With the linkage and the shock valving that Bones did, it helped it um, be less active, but remain comfortable and planted. That gives me a more connected feel to the rear end. I can get on the throttle sooner coming into the corner and then leaving it on through that choppy shit is much easier with this suspension. So the overall suspension for me is the most noticeable modification so far that we have had on the Suzuki RMZ450. Um, again, you can go to ProCircuit.com and look. You can order the link there. You can drop into ProCircuit or you can order it online. And of course, you guys can always go to ProCircuit and say, hey, Kiefer did his suspension on his RMZ450 and you want that spec. You can always tell them that. So they have that stuff on file. Um, again, Joe is 190 pounds. I'm 168 pounds. And Joe's comments were similar to mine. He felt like the front end was maybe a little bit too stiff for him because, again, he rides more on the rear of the bike. So he decreased the compression two clicks in the front, and he was happy with that setting. So what's cool about it is... We talk about these boxes that we're always trapped in and, you know, changing the clickers stiffer or softer might really upset the, the ride attitude of the bike. Well, it doesn't do that with the Suzuki. It's not as apparent. You can adjust the bike a little bit, adjust the suspension, and then get happier with the setting versus going way out of that box and be like, oh my God, the bike's completely different. It doesn't do that. So the overall character of the bike remains the same but it pleases a wider range of riders, styles, different styles as well, and weight. So we're working with 30 pounds here. So what, yeah, what, 20, well, I should say 23, 24 pounds. So Joe says he's 190, but I don't know. He might be 195. Hopefully he doesn't listen to this podcast. But um, 
So yeah, it was an overall better experience for the Suzuki. And I said this in the article. To me, this suspension has more comfort than a KTM and a Husqvarna stock setup. Um, the Suzuki is more comfortable than the AER fork and the WP shock on either of those models. So there you go. That's already moving up the ladder in the, you know, in the shootout, if it was. And we're still not at the cost of a KTM or Husqvarna yet. So this is why we do this type of build. We're going to build this sucker up and get near the dollar amount that it is of the other machines. Hey, what's up? Technology. That's what I'm talking about here. It's a great thing. I love it. But I also can pull my hair out with it as well. However, there is a company that you probably have seen on the Rockstar Husqvarna race team, Dean Wilson, Jason Anderson, called Skosh. It's spelled S-C-O-S-C-H-E. You can go to skosh.com and check out all the products. They have really, really cool stuff. They have headphones. They have boom bottles. They have phone chargers for your Droid, your iPhone. They have magic mounts. They have wireless chargers. They have huge cables that will reach all the way across your house if you need a charger and you don't have an outlet close like my house. I don't have that many outlets. They just have a bunch of cool products to make your life easier when you're out in the garage, when you're in your car, when you're at your house. Just, I'm really, really pumped to have these guys on board because they sent me some stuff. I use it all the time. My favorite thing is the Boom Buoy. It's a speaker that floats on the water. I can hang out in the pool in the backyard, listen to my music. I'm a big music guy. So they just make really cool stuff that makes my life easier. So founded in 1980, Skosh Industries is a Ventura-based, Southern California, of course, award-winning innovator of consumer technology, power sports, and car audio products. Don't forget, car audio. You're traveling, you're sitting in traffic. You guys need to check them out, skosh.com. Committed to delivering the superior products that we all want, quality and functionality, exceptional value, and unmatched customer service. The designers and engineers at Skosh develop products that reflect a rich heritage in audio and mobile technology. Skosh finds inspiration in the California lifestyle, culture, music, and people. These influences can be seen in accessories and products that are now in the hands of of homes, offices, vehicles, and people all over the world. 50 countries, okay? Hundreds of patents, trademarks, and countless industry awards received. It's easy to see why Skosh is constantly at the forefront of technology. These guys are cool. They're huge motorcycle enthusiasts. They even gave us a product code, SCOKT25. That's SCOKT25. Use that code when you go to skosh.com. Get 25% off. Seriously, guys, go check them out. You won't ever get it. If you want to hit me up, chris at keyforinktesting.com. I'll let you know more. But very cool guys over there. Thanks, skosh. Skosh.com. You looking for some good oil out there? I know you are because I get a lot of questions to my email inbox about oil. Heck, I'm at the track. People stop me and ask about oil. On the Pulp MX show, lots of callers. What oil should I run? So I'm going to let you on a little secret. I've been testing an oil that's called Moto Blood. Bloodlubricants.com. Go check them out over there at bloodlubricants.com. 
Go view everything they have. There's all different kinds of oils. You got an ATV, you got a street bike, you got a UTV, or you got a YZ450F in your garage. Blood Lubricants has an oil for you. Okay? Jefferson Green, he's been in the oil industry for a long time, since 1983. But he's been a motorcycle enthusiast for longer than that. So he wanted to create an oil that was good, that lasted a long time and didn't break down, and even cooled your engines down a little bit more than you're used to. Because, heck, I'm going to tell you something straight up. was testing this stuff a couple months, did a lot of temperature readings. Engine temps were always anywhere from 25 to 30 degrees cooler with the Moto Blood 1040. And you want to even know something that's crazier? It's 100% fully synthetic oil. You guys know me. Synthetic wasn't my choice when it comes to some bikes, right? I ran it in the Yamaha and I ran it in the Honda. Wasn't too stoked on synthetic oils. Well, went and tried this. No slippage, no drag. 100% synthetic. It 100% works. So, hey, go check them out, bloodlubricants.com. Mention Kiefer in your order, please order, and get 25% off. It's that easy. And if you guys have any questions about this oil, hit me up over at chris at kieferinktesting.com. I can discuss more what it does for you, what it does for your bike. But, hey, it's in my test bikes right now. I've had zero failures. It's really reliable oil. It's very good, 100% synthetic. Go check them out, bloodlubricants.com. One of my first sponsors ever was FMF Racing. I wrote resumes, that's right, handwriting for you young bucks out there, handwritten resumes and mailed them out, licked the stamps, sent them off their way onto every company that had an address in these magazines that I looked at when I was younger. I was a 125 novice, 14 years old, sent my resume off. And I literally camped out by the mailbox every night hoping to get something back that says, we've accepted your sponsorship, now you're a writer. And you know what? One day, guess what showed up? A letter from FMF Racing. And you know what it said inside of it? Congratulations, Chris. You just got 60% off. Can you imagine that? 125 novice, 60% off? Dude, I thought I made it. I thought I was in. I couldn't wait to tell my dad that he was going to save money and we're going to buy like 87 silencers and pipes now because we saved him so much money. <laughs> Nonetheless, those guys were on board with me a long time ago when I was very young and now they're back on board with this podcast. I think it's very cool and thank you, Little D. And you guys know I don't want any advertiser on here unless I back their products and I back FMF Racing and the quality that it comes with. For 45 years, they've approached everything they do at FMF as riders first. That's why it means the world to them to be on top of every major reader survey. Okay, They want to make exhaust systems that you want. They want to make exhaust systems they want. So it makes sense. It's They're stoked when they hear guys say, Hey man, I love your product. Trust me. I've been around Little D long enough. He loves that stuff. There's nothing more joyful in a guy's business to know that their products work. Same thing goes for my podcast, guys. So founder Don Emler is hands-on today as he was in the beginning. He's out there grinding, welding. Quality is his first concern. He builds everything from the ground up in the USA where you can oversee and control manufacturing. At FMF, they approach everything with the same mentality. 
Whether you're playing on the trails or backing the fastest names in racing, they set out to be number one. Thanks to all of you, fellow riders, we're leading the pack. They are leading the pack because of you guys out there buying the product. So as you guys know, you guys go back into my podcast. I talk about FMF, great products. Head over to fmfracing.com. Get yourself set up. Go look and see what they offer because they offer a lot. If you have any questions, hit me up, chris at keyforinktesting.com, and I'll answer them for you. Thanks, FMF. Thanks to the guys over at 6D Helmets. That's right. They are on board with the keyforinktesting.com, Kiefer Tested Podcast. We thank them for joining us. You have a street bike, a dirt bike, or do you pedal? You have a mountain bike. Head over to 6dhelmets.com. Check out the full line of helmets they offer. I'm sure they have a helmet for you. Hey, I get questions all the time. Kiefer, what helmet would you choose if you could pick one to buy? If you're going to spend your own money, Kiefer, where are you going? While there are a lot of helmets that are safe out there, okay, I do feel the safest in a 6D helmet. I've had many crashes in my ATR1. I've had a couple in my ATR2, and it has done its job. It's advanced ODS technology. It's race-proven. I'm telling you guys. And it's light. The new ATR2, it comes in at 1,480 grams. It's fully rebuildable. Very cool colorways. I trust the guys over at 6D Helmets. Maybe you guys should too. Hit me up over at chris at keyforinktesting.com. Maybe get a special discount code if you want to get a 6D. So please, guys, go check them out. 6D Helmets. Hit me up. Tell me how you like yours. And if you don't have one, maybe go get one. Thanks, 6D. The final modification, I guess we would say, is, like I said, handlebar, dimension, bend. So we decided to go with the Pro Taper, of course. I've been trying bars for a long time. Pro Taper has a lot of comfort. I do like the bar a lot. Of course, I am a cross barless type of rider. Joe was on the fence about what bar band he wanted to use. He was adamant about using a Wyndham Evo band. I said, dude, that is way too tall. You're five, you know, five nine, and you're gonna be like ape hangers. He didn't listen to me. He wouldn't got him anyway. Okay. He rode with them, texted me and said, uh, hey, I'm all, what's up? Yep, those bars are too tall. Yep, I know a little bit about that, Joe. I know a little bit about that. So he rode my KTM, of course, different bike, different, you know, dimensions of the machine, the rider triangle, but he liked the Husqvarna stock bend. So we tried that on the Suzuki. He loved it. We did cut the bar down to 803, 804. They do come with 811 millimeters of width. That's too long for me. I noticed a little bit better cornering ability when I cut them down. And to me, it just feels like a more um, stable machine. I know some of you guys out there think it's the opposite, but for me, a little bit shorter of a bar. I always try to get between 800 to 804. That seems to be the best mark for me. And, of course, Joe. Joe thought that was a great um, width as well, and he likes that bend. Again, Joe is not that tall. He's 5'8", 5'9". I'm six foot, long arms, and this bend works good for me on the Suzuki. For those of you guys a little bit taller, 6'1", 6'2", again, 5mm spacer in the bar mount. Have the height come up through the bar mount, not the handlebar. 
and this will help you in corners. You don't want ape hangers coming through corners. I do not care what DV says. Ferrandis's bars are too tall. Watch Ferrandis when he comes through corners. Of course, I understand that. He's faster than me. He's faster than 99% of the people that listen to this podcast. But to me, his technique is a little weird mid-corner because of his bar bend. I've told DV this. And nothing happens. <laughs> so... But who, who, who knows? Maybe I don't know shit. So, and then, of course, Joe and I went with some, well, actually, I should say Joe and I. Joe went with some race cut pro taper grips to help his pussy hands now because he doesn't ride as much as he used to because he is a fireman. you think he would have tough hands, you know, dealing with those hoses all day, right? No. Joe has baby soft, baby soft, baby hands. So we got to make sure those Grips are soft. You know, homeboy can't be getting grapes on his hands. So uh, Race Cut is a soft um, compound. And, of course, they have different colors. He went with white. Don't know about white, but that's what we went with. So, again, Husqvarna Stock Pro Taper Evo Bend and Race Cut Grips. Those are the three things that we have tried so far that has helped we aren't going to put anything on this bike that hurts it or goes backwards, okay? Everything that's going to go on this build is going to help this bike. And again, we're going to try to keep that dollar range in between ten dollars to $11,000 because that's basically what a new 2019 450 is. A little bonus thing, like I promised you guys, is he went with some levers. He went with uh, some Pro Taper clutch lever, um, brake lever, that clutch perch. Uh, some of you guys out there think the clutch adjuster isn't that cool on the Suzuki. That's fine. You guys can go to a bigger adjuster if you want. But for some reason, I think the Suzuki adjuster, the stock adjuster, the clutch adjuster, is smoother and better to adjust than it is the Honda. The Honda gets tough to, to turn in the air. Or if you're in a corner to turn it, it's, it's hard, along with the lever pull. But the Suzuki lever pull is pretty good. And that adjuster that comes on the Suzuki is light. You can really adjust them pretty easy. I find no trouble. So I'm really not going to put that in articles like because I, I feel like that bike doesn't need it. Joe said it was a little bit better for him. So for those of you guys out there that do have problems with adjusting the clutch in the air and you want a little bigger knob, he went with the Pro Taper clutch perch assembly and uh, lever. So that's that. So what's on tap for this thing? What's going to be in part two? I'll give you a little bit of a, of a, what do they call it? A brief little glimpse of what we're going to do here next time. We're going to try to go with a high compression piston that you will still be able to run pump gas because no one wants to run race gas year round. God knows that's expensive. Although race gas is really good for motor and engine RPM response. So maybe we will do, um, a test on if you guys do want to run race gas, which one to use. But this high compression piston that we will be getting from Pivotworks will be able. You guys ready? Pump gas! I'm trying to make sure you guys are still awake. So, yeah, so the high compression piston we're going to put in there. We're not really going to fuck with the head or the cams. We're going to try to get that cost down and see what we can do. And if it, we still aren't happy with the engine power delivery and we still feel like we need more to get into that Kawasaki range, we will try an ignition. Ignitions are expensive. They're 600 bucks. But, again, like I said in these other shootouts, ignitions are huge 
for these new FI bikes. They make a world of difference. You have a, a good aftermarket ignition like a Vortex or a Get that's mapped. Man, it makes a world of difference. There's nothing better on a KTM or Husqvarna, a new one, than a Vortex ignition. I'm telling you guys that right now. And Jamie at Twisted has that shit dialed in. Same thing goes with the Honda 450. Um, Jamie has really good settings, okay? And Chad over at XPR Engines also has great settings. He does all that stuff for Justin Brayton and the Honda team, the Moto Concepts Honda team over there. So, um, again, we may or may not try Vortex Ignition, but that could be on, on tap coming out. And we are going to try FCP engine mounts. Again, chassis feeling a little bit rigid on the Suzuki. We still feel like it could use a little bit more flex, even after the pro circuit valving. So we will be trying some engine mounts to see if it helps. It did help the 2018 Honda Sierra 450. I tried it on the Yamaha. It was more of a sideways move. It wasn't really worth it for me to run them on my bikes. But each bike is different. So we will revisit the FCP mounts for the Suzuki. And of course, other things on the Suzuki that I will not tell you because it will be a surprise in part two. So hopefully you guys respect what we're doing over here. I know not everyone is made of money. You know, some of you guys want to get in the sport and not spend 10,000 fucking dollars, right? And that's fine. Get the Suzuki. Six grand, save some money and go have fun. Don't screw with it. Don't listen to this podcast. Be like, I don't need all that shit. That's fine. But when you do, click on that button, listen to this podcast, and we will tell you the stuff that we feel is needed on the Suzuki RMZ450. Not wanted, needed. Okay? So it's Christmas time. Get your wife to listen to this. You need one of these things that are in this podcast or the articles that are coming up on keyforinktesting.com. Tell her to listen to this podcast and get it for you because they work. They make a difference. They make your Suzuki better. And tell your buddies that don't ride Suzuki's to stop talking shit because it's still a pretty damn good bike. All these bikes are good. You hear everyone say in these shootouts, you guys probably think it's full of shit, right? But I'm telling you guys right now, if I had nothing in the garage and I was like, hey man, I'm going to get you a Suzuki. I'm not complaining. I'm good. Because it's not a horrible bike. It's just not an exciting bike to ride. But if that's what I had, I'm stoked. No problem. Because I know what I can do to work on it to make it better. So that's what these podcasts are going to be about. So look for part two in a couple of weeks. I think next week we're going to talk about the WP suspension on the Yamaha YZ450F. That ought to be fun. From all you guys' comments on my Instagram. Jesus. Haters. Just calm down. You don't even know if it's going to work or not. I'm, that's what I'm doing. I'll tell you if it sucks or not. And I'll tell you if it's good or not. Yes, KYB stuff is good. But WP stuff is good too. You're just not used to seeing WP stuff on a Yamaha. So... Look for that podcast next week. That's going to be fun. There's going to be a lot of really key questions that you guys ask that I'm going to answer. So stay tuned for that. Thank you guys for joining me. Thank you guys for sticking with me. And happy holidays. Hope you guys had a good Thanksgiving. It's raining here in the desert, so don't try to hit me up tomorrow. Don't email me. Don't call me. Because I'm going to be burning about five gallons worth of gas on some new sand tracks from the house. That's why I live in the desert. Okay, so when we do get rain, it is heaven. It's like a national holiday here in the Des. It's bitching. So good. So please support the sponsors slash advertisers that sponsor this show and support us. It helps us keep going. It shows them that there is an ROI that is, you know, good. 
because you guys listen to this. There's an ROI for them because you guys listen to this podcast. So thank you. And of course, you guys want the no bullshit, honest truth. Hit me up, chris at keyforinktesting.com or listen to me over at pulpmx.com too because I write articles over there. Or go listen to Pulp MX show. That's a fun time, right? I'll be up on December 10th, after dark, questions, all kinds of stuff going on. Hopefully I have some good guests. So thank you for joining me. Again, any questions, you guys know the email. We're going to get some new hoodies and hats coming up here soon. Screenprintingdone.com is going to handle us. So if you guys want some shirts made up, go hit up Neil. He's a good dude. He's riding. He's coming out to ride with me in a couple weeks too. So that'll be fun. Thanks, guys, for joining me. See you soon.